With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Wilder Jr. Show is on the air, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I hope you've had a great Christmas and a wonderful uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It is 2019, folks, and it feels great. So far, it does. So far, it does. Okay, I'm looking at uh, anybody ever remember that uh, duo, uh, husband and wife uh, musical uh, team? They had a lot of records in the 70s. They called themselves the Captain and Tennille. I remember them. <laughs> uh, aging myself, but, you know, hey, that's cool. Uh, Captain and Tennille. Uh, I'm hearing that the captain, whose name is uh, Daryl Dragon, has passed away at 76. So we want to send our uh, condolences to his family and Tennille. I don't think they're doing any more recording, but you know, they might be they may have been doing some things around America, such as concerts, some sort of shows or something. People never once you get into music, once you start singing, once you start um getting that musical touch, uh, even if you're not work making records or recording or doing CDs or anything like that anymore, like they did in the uh, twenty, thirty, forty years ago. 
You can still do concerts. Your name still has that mag- magnetism to bring in, you know, people, even young people, especially the older crowd, the, the crowd that, you know, kind of grew up with these type of people who were singing sensations and making all kind of records and music and, and, you know, just making a name for themselves back in the seventies. Captain and Tennille, I mean, I used to, as a little kid, I used to watch them on the, watch them on television and I used to hear their records and, uh, uh, all over the radio when they were playing songs on the radio. <laughs> if you hear anything on the radio now, it's basically basically junk in my in my view. Junk in my view. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it. The best music I think of um, of the 20th century is is the music of the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, and somewhat 90s. Other, you know, I mean. The, it's 2019, and the music of 2019 is solely different than it was back in the day. I mean, you just cannot walk around the corner into a record shop and make a record and then make a lot of money. Any any uh, musical talent will tell you, especially someone who's been in the studio making records and selling millions of records, they'll tell you up front that, Making records or recording it and putting your uh, stuff out on the radio, that's not where your money is co- going to come from. The studio is going to get that cash. The way the artists make their money is by doing shows. You know, show after show after show, night after night after night. That's why so many people are, when you hear people uh, like Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, they're on the road. It means that they're out there making money more so than they would be if they were selling records. But the records are, I mean, when, you, when you're recording and you're making DVDs and stuff like that, you get it out there. You let people hear it and, you know, as they know about you, they'll come to your concerts or to your shows or whatever. And you make more money that way. Uh, uh, the, record, the record companies totally, totally cheat you. <laughs> they cheat most of the stars out of their money. Jackie Wilson was one of them. He was a guy that they totally got. They totally uh, conned and, and, and ripped him off. You know, he was broke. He was broke. He was broke while he was making those songs and doing those shows on television. They ripped it. They, I mean, because so many stars, even Isaac Hayes, so many of these stars, uh, they hire these money managers to manage their money for them, to manage things for them. And a lot of these m- money managers end up stealing their money and, uh, uh, and they're, they end up broke, you know? So, uh, really leery of people who say, well, let me manage your money for you. Let me do this for you. I know it's a lot of good people out there and some people you can trust, but a lot of them you cannot trust. They're going to nail you. I mean, I had this one young lady. She was pretty. She was beautiful. And she was saying, hey, Georgia, let me, let, let me manage your cash as if I had any money. You know, <laughs> I guess if you have a little bit, I guess if you have a little bit or or you can spare some, I guess they figure that it should be managed. I said, no way, no way. She kept calling me for about two or three weeks and I just ignored her because I didn't trust her. You know, some, you know how sometimes you, you can feel something about somebody even by talking to them. If you never met them before, you can say, wow, I don't trust this person. This person doesn't look right. This person doesn't sound right. And they want to manage my money. Give me a break. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and it is, I want to say, Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great time. Hope you had a great time, or, or maybe you're still having a good time. That's nothing wrong with that. So have a, a good one. 
<laughs> okay, I'm drinking coffee here and I'm getting something down here in my throat, so I hope you deal with me. Uh uh, uh on my first day back at the show for 2019. Yeah, this is my first show for 2019. I bragged about my first show, my last show for 2019, for 2018, excuse me. And uh this is my first show for 2020 20, uh 19. Yeah, next year's 2020. Wow, it is going by so fast. You know, it's going by so fast. But uh, anyway, it, it's been great. It's been beautiful. And I want to say I hope everybody had a great time. And anybody's out there that's sick, that's ailing, uh, my best goes out to you uh, and all of that stuff because people are getting older and they're getting sicker. But I've said this uh, a, a thousand times on the show. One of the ways is to uh, – keep healthy is to exercise drink a lot of water water is is one of the best things that you can drink for getting all those toxins out of your system even if you have diabetes you you want to drink water uh, a lot of water it's it's great water and exercise go together like a hand and glove a lot of people do not like water and i don't understand that water has nothing in it 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 you can gain weight by drinking water, but it's just water weight that you'll soon lose um, if you exercise. You you have to exercise. You have to exercise, especially as you get older, because exercise will keep you from falling and saying that I can't get up. Meaning if your bones are strong, if you've been exercising, there's no way you're going to fall. Even if you trip over something, you're not going to fall. You're going to catch yourself before you fall because your legs are in good shape. I don't care if you're 95. If your legs are in good shape, you're not going to fall. You know, so uh, exercise, drinking water, and plus both of these things give you, you know, they give you a um, sense of, uh, of not being stressed, not being stressed. It gives you a good attitude, gives you a good outlook on life. It makes you smile. While everybody else is bitching around you, you're smiling. You're saying, what the hell? I mean, this is water and exercise. And a friend of mine was telling me, George, um, this is the time people have heart attacks. Make sure you have aspirin around. <laughs> not, do not tell me. Tell everybody. Uh, um, I, but I appreciate her sentiment on that. And uh, I know what she's saying. She's saying, don't let stress get you down because stress is a number one killer. Stress. I mean, you go around here, your your kid do something and you start yelling and screaming at them. Be careful. Your heart may not can take it. I mean, if you have a strong heart and you know you have a strong heart, yell, yell all you want. But if you don't have a strong heart and, you know, I just think a lot of people just do not exercise. You don't have to be 300, 400 pounds and then trying to tell other people what they should do. They're going to laugh at you. Take care of yourself in 2019. There are people out here who say, well, do you have a resolution? No, I have no resolution. I'm just going to try to be the best person I can be and live until the day I die. That's it. That's it. And death is not a death sentence, if you know what I'm talking about. I talked about that the other day on a show, that death is really not dying. And I believe that. You just leave your body. You just leave your body. 
heaven or hell. I don't know if I believe in that anymore. <laughs> I think I, I, well, someone once told me years ago, George, heaven and hell is made right here on earth. I, I sort of believe that. You know, I kind of believe that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again to the George Wanda Jr. Show. And I hope you have a great uh, 2019, uh, the entire year. Always look for something positive to happen in your life. Always look for something positive, even if it doesn't happen. Keep your chin up, stay positive, think positive, hope for something positive, and something positive will happen. In some cases, you have to make an effort to have positive things happen. You just can't sit around and just something happens if you don't make it happen. If you want positive things to happen, make them happen. Do them. Make positive things happen. Create things that will have positive things to happen to you. You're young. You're strong. Make something happen. And don't ever let anybody take your dreams away because there's so many people out here, they get a kick out of seeing you unhappy. They get a kick out of seeing your dreams smashed. Don't let, don't let that happen. You know who those people are. Get the fuck away from them. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It's great to be back on. It seems like I've been off for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, I've been off. Uh, when were we off? We were off on uh, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, on, uh, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, folks, uh, we take holidays, too. The George Wilder Jr. Show. We are off just like everything else is closed. We are closed. But I've said this a million times. Even if we are off the air, the George Wilder Jr. Show, there are plenty of podcasts, plenty of uh, shows that you can listen to while we are on hiatus. Uh, A lot of those shows sound as if I'm actually on the air. I've listened to some of them, and some are good. Some are great. Some are – I mean – just listen to the podcast. You know, pick, you pick and choose whatever you want to listen to. They're all should be titled. And uh, thank you so much for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And I want to thank everybody who have download, uh, downloaded a story or bought a book um, on Amazon. One of my books. I'm an author. And I want to thank everybody for that. And, and keep going to my site, uh, my Amazon site. And there are always something new up there to purchase or something new to uh to uh, get interested in. I'm a writer. I'm a story writer. I, I do do. I damn. I do do. Excuse me. <laughs> I do novels, uh, short stories, and I love writing. Okay. All right. So we're gonna have some more stuff up there. We're gonna have some pu- st- uh, some stuff published for 2019. I do fiction. I write fiction. I love stories. I love to make up stuff. And and I do, folks. I make up all of that stuff. Uh, it kind of gets to me when people say that what I write is actually mirroring my own life. Most of that stuff is not. I have, uh, but I do understand what they're saying and I do appreciate it. But a lot of the, I just make it up folks. I just make it all up. And if you like it, it's good. Download it, review it. I just make it all up. It was this one young lady 
she I think she had read Under the Moonlight, a short story by by myself. I wrote it, and she sworn it was me <laughs> that I was talking about myself. I was not. Sometimes I do dream about things before I write them. Uh, Under the Moonlight is not about me, <laughs> but it the story itself is in the first person. That means that I'm using I, this, me, 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 I, 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 throughout the story. Uh, it's a it's it's told from the uh, leading character, and some people think that the leading character in that story is me. It's not. It's not. Um, the angel by the lake. There was at one time a person. I, mean, I live a I live uh, right now. I live uh, a block or so from Lake Michigan, and. There years ago, I used to go over. My son and I, we would go over to the lake and just sit down on the lake and just enjoy the lake breeze and the tides coming in, coming out. However, there were, there was one time we, for the first time, I saw this young lady over there. She was sitting on this rock. She was so beautiful. Uh, um, basically, that's what the story is. This young lady who I saw sitting by the lakefront on a rock who was just sitting there like, you know, like her portrait was being painted, but it was not. If it was being painted, it was being painted by the people, people by the lake who was watching her, uh, paying attention to her like I was. But that's how I got the inspiration for the story because I actually saw someone who was just, I still see her today, but we, we were never friends. We never talked. We never uh, conversed. We never went out. We never got married. We never kissed. We never did anything. Nobody threw a, nobody ever threw a pot of soup over my head or anything. All of that stuff was just made up. I envisioned her and just made it up. And the, my character was not me, you know, um, I always, I, I always try to make my character similar to myself and, and at some point. Uh, but basically, uh, I just make it all up. You know, I'm, I, I write these Dracula stories. Um, I'm not Dracula, right? <laughs> but I just enjoy writing these stuff. Some people, oh, George, you write a bunch of junk. I don't think so. I don't think it's junk. I think it's just entertainment. I write for to entertain to entertain my readers, if if I can say this, to entertain my readers. And I write for myself because it's fun. I don't like doing nonfiction much. I really don't because it's not fun. It, it's based on truth. It's based on realism. And I want my readers. I want to take my readers away. I want to my. I want my readers to. Uh, to escape from reality at least for a few minutes or, or an hour or so reading. You know, I mean, I am doing a, a Donald Trump book right now. I'm doing a not Donald Trump book and um, uh, it will be out, I'm thinking sometimes, sometime this month, okay? And um, I will publish it sometime this month, but it, it, I have a still, I still have a lot to do to get it ready. 
But um, anyway, go go on Amazon and go to my Amazon website and uh, check out some of my writings, and you tell me what you think. <laughs> I don't care if it's writings from 10 years ago. You tell me what you think. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Black, Black Talk Radio, Black Talk Radio. I just mentioned that the captain from Captain and Tennille dies. He was 76 years old. His name was Daryl Dragon, which I never knew. <laughs> I really never knew. And uh, uh, my my condolences goes out to Tennille. All righty. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. This is a special New Year's edition of New Day. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So good to share all of this year with you, which is all of six hours long. I can't wait to hear about all of your resolutions. Would yeah. you like to share any? Zero. I don't make resolutions. I don't believe in resolutions. Wow. Because I would break them immediately. That's right. All right. Well, I'm just going to be a much, much better partner to you. That's I'm going to get here on yeah. time. All right, everybody. I'm not going to be eating during commercial breaks loudly. <laughs> it bothers you. I'm just going to turn over and sleep. I don't mind the loudness. I mind when you're still eating when the segment starts. I'm not going to do that either. That was a problem in 2018, not 2019. I'm John Berman, alongside Allison Camerata, who is not eating during the breaks anymore. So 2019 is already shaping up to be a great year and a busy and possibly contentious year in politics. For the first time, President Trump will face a divided Congress how will he handle it, and will he be able to get his agenda passed? With the new year comes, of course, him. resolutions. So if you're still trying to think of one, you might want to start with your savings account. Mm-hmm. Christine Romans will be here to help all of us get our finances in order. And from Saturday Night Live to Stephen Colbert, comics did not hold back spoofing the Trump administration. We have the highlights, that and much more on this special New Year's edition of New Day. But first, let's get a check of your headlines at the news desk. Good morning and Happy New Year. I'm Ryan Nobles. A rain-soaked crowd helped ring in 2019 in Times Square. This year's celebration in New York was dedicated to freedom of the press. And CNN's Allison Camerata joined the honored journalists on stage. Nashville's music note dropped at the stroke of midnight, setting off fireworks. Country star Keith Urban headlined the big show downtown. And Seattle celebrated the first moments of 2019 with a fireworks display launched from the newly renovated Space Needle. Democrats have a strategy to reopen the federal government just hours after they assume control of the House on Thursday. They plan to vote on a package of six bipartisan Senate spending bills and a stopgap measure to reopen the Department of Homeland Security at its current funding levels. But it appears to be a non-starter in the Republican-controlled House. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he will not move forward on any legislation until President Trump is on board. The president plans to give the Pentagon about four months to pull 2,000 U.S. troops out of Syria. This according to the New York Times. Mr. Trump offered that timeline to the head of U.S. forces in the region. The White House is not commenting on the report. 
National Security Advisor John Bolton will travel to Israel and Turkey this month to discuss the U.S. troop withdrawal plan. A Massachusetts judge says that Kevin Spacey must appear at his arraignment next Monday. Court documents obtained by CNN show the Oscar winner wanted to waive his right to be physically present and intends to plead not guilty to indecent assault and battery. Spacey's accused of groping a busboy at a Nantucket bar and restaurant in 2016. I'm Ryan Nobles. We'll have more headlines coming up in just 30 minutes. This past year, the headlines coming from the Trump administration could make your head spin, and chances are they did make your head spin. And this year, we will see even more, perhaps, upheaval from the Russia investigation to White House shakeups. Let's look into our crystal ball. We're joined by Nimalika Henderson, David Gregory, and John Avalon. Uh, David, to you, your crystal ball is dated, what, 1967, roughly? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so yeah. what was the 1967 version of David well, Gregory? I think, uh, I think there could be a Tet Offensive this year. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it's two words for you in this new year. One, they are haute couture. Okay, <laughs> those are my two words. You know, you go down that list, what's amazing is, the, a Democratic Congress this year, all the investigation of President Trump that is going to be public and in the open because Congress is doing it, however the Mueller investigation winds up. And then the big factor is also the economy. Whether it's more muted in the United States as it's been around the world, there is a downturn that's underway. People are feeling it in their investments, in their long-term investments in the markets, uh, which at the end of last year were in such a, a bad way. I think there's going to be so much anxiety within the White House that, that bubbles up um, with those three factors alone. Nia, what are you imagining for 2019? In terms of Trump, I think he's going to start laying the foundation for his re-election. He's going to ramp that up immediately, you imagine, uh, in this new year. He's going to consolidate the RNC with his own campaign, apparently. So it's going to be sort of a new uh, structure for, for, for running uh, for re-election. And he's got to do that against all the headwinds that you're talking about. The House Democrats looking into everything about him and his family uh, as well. And he's got to figure out a way to keep a grip on not only the grassroots folks uh, who probably will stay with him no matter what, but certainly Republican elected officials. We've seen them pretty much stay aligned with him. So I think that is going to be his plan uh, going into t- 2019. You know, he's got the ability to both try to define what his reelection campaign looks like, but also try to define his Democratic yeah, opposition. Exactly. Anybody who pokes their head up, he's, he's going like, to take him up. Yeah, have a nickname for and go after him. Yeah, but, but I mean, look, you know, yes, you know, investigations, oversight, the economy. But a lot of Trump's powers politically have stemmed from being buoyed by a good economy. Yeah. The one area where he's been above water consistently. It's, you know, remember, lowest approval rating in his first two years of any president with the lowest unemployment in aggregate for the two years. So if that starts falling away, the laws of gravity are going to start to apply. And just because you come up with a clever nickname and play offense, yes, he may not lose his base. But a lot of his ability to corral and cow his critics is going to be diminished by that. One of the things that I like to say during the holiday season and the Christmas parties was, what is the thing that worries the president most about the Russia investigation? The economy. <laughs> because, because if the economy starts to turn, if it really starts to sink in, then he might lose that you know, unwavering well, Republican uh, support. The Republicans who haven't bothered to pay attention or get outraged yet, they might start. That's most of the rank and file Republicans who came home to him in 2016, much to the surprise of everyone, who gave him such high approval ratings throughout all of his 
outlandish statements and behavior so far in the presidency. People have said, you know, this is anecdotal, but I talk to people who support Trump and they'll say, yeah, we don't pay attention to X, Y, and Z, but how's your portfolio doing? Well, at a certain point, the answer to that was, you know, loosening up regulations and, and freeing up business spending and so forth has not been enough, even if the economy is growing, that there's been so much on trade and other things that have hurt the economy overall. The president, of course, had promised when he was elected to drain the swamp in Washington. 2018 was pretty swampy. It, there were lots of people who had to exit yeah, amid they, some humidity. That, from that's, the swamp. That's, that's right. And you, we might see more of that. I mean, lots of turnover uh, in 2018 with the chief of staff opposition, obviously sessions on being ousted uh, by this president. So we'll see. I mean, this is a president who likes to keep people guessing. He likes to uh, sort of have a continuous round of not only chaos, but the apprentice as well. Uh, and people rise and fall continuously in this White House. So we'll, we'll see uh, who is in and who is out uh, going forward in 2018, but it's a, co a constant theme with this White House. Yeah, but if the president's desire to sort of stage man is his own reality show, which we all have to live with and constantly have cliffhangers and changing characters. Uh, the, the constant theme that's out of his control is the ethics investigations and tone coming mm. from the top. And this is where, again, his ability to sort of distract and deflect gets limited, not just by the economy, maybe all of a sudden creating conditions where people say, well, that's not the thing I can just look to and ignore everything that's happening inside the Oval Office. But that overtall tone and tenor, because even his strongest defenders at this point can't say that he's drained the swamp. He's simply restocked. So can he get anything done? And I ask that question, and let me rewind to 2017, because the moment where I think President Trump looked the most comfortable hmm. in the atmosphere in Washington were the meetings with Chuck and Nancy. Uh -huh. he, was, he was in the Oval Office talking about immigration, talking about the budget. Walks in and he strikes a deal with the Democratic leaders. Looks natural doing it, sounds natural doing it, speaks the language that they spoke, and that lasted about eight and a half minutes. It did, and we saw kind of part two of that in the Oval Office uh, with it was sort of the Nancy Pelosi smackdown of Donald Trump when they were talking about the government shutdown and, and immigration and the border and all of that stuff. So that seems to be where things are headed with this emboldened Nancy Pelosi, who will likely be speaker, and the idea that there's going to be some kumbaya moment uh, with all those folks, it just seems Unlikely. I've always thought, though, there was a path. There yeah. was a path at one point for the president to work with Democrats, mm -hmm. and that would be yeah. until would truly he, upend everything. Yeah, but then he and starts it, to hear from his base, yeah, right, that he wants to and they win. hold on and they Trump and they everything. Well, they win because I think they, he's been persuaded, and his own gut is that, that you, you don't have to build a coalition that crosses barriers. You just have to solidify uh, his base of support, and that's how he wins in 2020. John Avalon, Neil Anderson, David Gregory. The answer is yes. We would like to see your etchings. <laughs> 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 Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being with us. Happy New Year. Clearly, I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> Going into 2019, it helps to remember what even happened in 2018. I can barely <laughs> I remember. remember it. Okay, it's all a blur. But Chris Eliza. It is not a blur. It is crystal clear to Chris Eliza. He has winners and losers of the year next. 2018 brought us another year of unbelievable political headlines. So joining us now with the best and the worst of them, CNN politics reporter and editor-at-large, Chris Eliza. Chris, you've been burning the midnight oil. I don't know how you could ever figure out what the best and worst headlines are were. 
Well, I always feel like it's 2018 for me was 10 pounds of feathers in a two and a half pound bag. Wow, you've really cleaned that up. Yeah, that's why he's the best. I know. He, he's, he's on in my best list. In 2019, there will be no use of uh, expletives. Is that by right? Who, by you. Who's your number one winner? Okay, I would say your number one winner, and this I think is pretty clear to most people, is Nancy Pelosi. Um, and I say that because Pelosi was the person who, and I've written her off many times, multiple times. When will you learn? Uh, so after this election, I, there was some talk after the 2018 election, well, Pelosi, she might not be the speaker. And I, I, again, I just, I have bet against Nancy Pelosi enough times. She emerges remarkably again as almost certainly to be the Speaker of the House. A, you know, more than a decade after she first won it, uh, not as history-making in that she's now the first female Speaker again, but still, I think, a, a really remarkable run. Okay, your next winner is also from Upside Down World, which is Beto O'Rourke. Yes. He lost, I'll just remind you. Good, great point. But he's Appreciate here with... democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. And I'm Juan Gonzalez. All right, welcome, welcome to, to all show, of our everybody. listeners and viewers across the country and around the world. Yeah. 
The government shutdown enters its 12th day as President Trump prepares to meet with congressional leaders just a day before Democrats take control of the House. President Trump has insisted on including $5 billion for a border wall funding before he'll agree to sign any spending measure. Trump tweeted Tuesday, quote, border security and the wall thing and shutdown is not where Nancy Pelosi wanted to start her tenure as speaker. Let's make a deal. 800,000 government workers' lives have been thrown into disarray by the shutdown, with 380,000 on furlough and 420,000 who have worked without pay since the House and Senate failed to pass an end-of-year spending bill on December 22nd. This is President Trump speaking to Fox News on New Year's Day. So how far are you willing to go, Mr. President? When do you anticipate uh, talks with uh, Chuck and Nancy, as you say, sir? Well, I assume when they get back, I'm in Washington, I'm ready, willing and able, I'm in the White House, I'm ready to go. They can come over right now. They could have come over any time. I spent Christmas in the White House. I spent uh, New Year's Eve now in the White House. And, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm ready to go. It's very important. A lot of people are looking to get mm -hmm. their paycheck. And uh, so I'm ready to go anytime they want. No, we are not giving up. We have to have border security. And the wall is a big part of border security, the biggest part. This comes as Trump has issued an executive order freezing federal workers' pay, eliminating a 2.1 percent pay raise that was set to kick in in January. Well, we turn now to look at a federal workers' union that's suing the Trump administration over the shutdown, the American Federation of Government Employees, or AFGE, says it's illegal for federal workers to be forced to work without pay. In Washington, D.C., we're joined by two guests, David Borer is general counsel at the American Federation of Government Employees, and Heidi Barakowitz is the lead attorney in a lawsuit suing the federal government on behalf of members of AFGE and federal employees being forced to work without pay during the partial government shutdown. She's a partner at the law firm Kalajari, Chusey, Newman and Fitch. We welcome you both to Democracy Now! David Borer, let's begin with you. Um, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time in airports this weekend. And uh, I talked to a lot of TSA agents. Um, they're all being forced to work without pay. Can you explain how this is legal in any way? Well, good morning, Amy. Uh, that's right. We represent 42,000 TSA workers. And yes, they're being forced to work without pay. They've been designated as essential employees and uh, there is no pay for, uh, for them or other uh, the furloughed employees because of the lapse in appropriations uh, when the spending authority uh, ran out before the holidays. So, yes, they're being forced to work without pay. Uh, 400,000 federal employees coming to work every day in essential services like TSA, like the Bureau of Prisons, like food inspectors and so forth, and yet uh, no promise even that they will ever be paid for this. Well, uh, Heidi Barakowitz, this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, can you talk about the lawsuit that was previously filed on this issue? I think it was back in 2013, and how far that got along uh, the way in terms of legally deciding uh, the government's power in regard to these shutdowns? Yes, good morning. Uh, the lawsuit that we filed just a few days ago alleges that the government's violating the Fair Labor Standards Act. It's a Depression-era law that sets the basic 
floor and minimum for worker protections in this country. It applies to all employers, including the United States of America. In 2013, um, after the government shutdown in October 2013, we filed a similar lawsuit, also alleging a violation of the FLSA. In response to the government's motion to dismiss, the judge determined that, in fact, the government had violated the FLSA. The only issue left in the case was whether or not the government was liable for liquidated damages. The court subsequently ruled that the government had not acted in good faith when it required all of these essential workers to go to work and not get paid on their regularly scheduled payday during the shutdown. And that's exactly what's happening again now. The government shutdown enters its 12th day today as President Trump prepares to meet with congressional leaders just a day before Democrats take control of the House. 800,000 government workers' lives have been disrupted by the shutdown. 380,000 workers on furlough, 420,000 who've worked without pay since December 22nd. President Trump has insisted on including $5 billion for border wall funding before he'll agree to sign any spending measure. On Christmas Day, Trump said the partial government shutdown will last until Democrats agree to $5 billion in border wall funding, despite his campaign pledge that he would make Mexico pay for a wall. I can't tell you when the government's going to be open. I can tell you it's not going to be open until we have a wall, a fence, whatever they'd like to call it. I'll call it whatever they want. But it's all the same thing. It's a barrier from people pouring into our company, into our country from drugs. It's a barrier from drugs. The only way you're going to do it is to have a physical barrier, meaning a wall. And if you don't have that, then we're just not opening. In Washington, D.C., still with us, David Bohr, General Counsel of the American Federation of Government Employees, and Heidi Barakowitz, lead attorney in a lawsuit suing the federal government on behalf of uh, federal workers. Now, um, he's talking about the wall for security, David. I mean, this is an astounding story. You have all of these people in charge of security, like the TSA agents at the airports, like the border agents on the border. None of them are being paid. That's right. And it's, uh, we view the Trump shutdown as uh, another example of, of what happens when uh, the government plays politics with the federal workforce. If you remember the government shutdown in 1995 and 96, Newt Gingrich said part of the reason for it was that uh, President Clinton had not talked to him on their way back from Yitzhak Rabin's funeral on Air Force One, and he felt snubbed and therefore he shut down the government. Uh, this time, uh, even though in, in the first two years of his administration, the Republicans controlled both houses of the Congress, uh, President Trump was unable to get funding for his supposed wall, and now he's throwing a tantrum much like Newt Gingrich did and making federal employees pay the price. And David Borah, what about this? Uh this uh, freeze on the cost of living increases that workers are supposed to uh, receive in January. Again, this is not the first time this has happened, it's, and it's happened not just under Republican presidents, but also under Democratic presidents, that the uh, White House has used uh, pay, scheduled pay increases for federal workers to, uh, in, in essence, raid the federal workers' money uh, in order to, to deal with other issues in the budget? That's right. Um, they, we've, we've said they've, they've used the federal employees' pay and benefits as an ATM for many years. Uh, there was pay freezes under the Obama administration, and now President Trump 
has uh, stopped the pay increase that was already slated for 2019. Uh, we still have uh, broad support in the Congress for that pay increase, so we're hopeful and we're working every day to revive that uh, in, in the new Congress. But um, yes, it's part of a pattern where uh, the politicians uh, try to balance their books on the backs of federal workers. Heidi Barakowitz, can you talk about the working people who are not being paid right now? Um, from the airports, the busiest time, the holiday time, to the prisons. Yes. Uh, the named plaintiffs uh, in the lawsuit both work for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. They have extremely dangerous jobs over the last two years. The, prisons, the Federal Bureau of Prisons has become incredibly understaffed, critically understaffed. So these people who are working dangerous jobs are also having to work excessive amounts of overtime. And they're having to do it, and they don't know when the shutdown's going to end, when they're going to get their next paycheck. I can't imagine what it's like to walk into a federal prison and not know if today's the day something bad's going to happen, and also be worried about how I'm going to pay my mortgage, when I'm going to get my next paycheck, how I'm going to buy groceries for my kids. Um, it's not just the Federal Bureau of Prisons. As David said, it's TSA workers during the busiest time of the year in the airports federal law enforcement, federal firefighters, all of the people who we think of as first responders. And David Bohr, assuming this uh, thing is resolved uh, soon, hopefully, or in the next week or two, what is, uh, uh, what's the historical record in terms of how people are made whole? Will Congress pass a, uh, a budget resolution that, in, in essence, uh, provides back pay to both those who worked without pay as well as those who were furloughed? What's been the usual procedure? That's right. The, the, we will um, work closely with our, um, our key members of Congress, and in past shutdowns, um, they've adopted, uh, along with the resolution to reopen the government, funding for back pay for both those who are uh, working um, without pay and for those who are furloughed through no fault of their own and, and sitting home with no prospect of, a, of their next paycheck. So talk about who essential workers are and how it's decided who gets, who is forced to pay. And Heidi, I wanted to ask you about overtime. Are workers who are not being paid right now also being forced to work overtime? Um, so who gets furloughed uh, and who has to work without pay? Well, the employees who are determined to be essential are literally just that. They are the essential people that are needed to keep our country functioning, to keep the rest of us safe. Um, as I mentioned before, the people that run the Federal Bureau of Prisons, there's approximately 120 federal prisons around the country, TSA, federal law enforcement. Um, and so these are, people are absolutely working during the shutdown without pay. Um, and they are required to work overtime. Uh, one of the named plaintiffs in the case went into work at 4 p.m. on New Year's Eve, expecting to get off at 12 a.m. Uh, because of the understaffing, he was mandatory and had to stay until 8 a.m. the next morning. Um, that's happening routinely, and all of these employees are not getting paid for it while they're doing this work. And, of course, when you have understaffed prisons, you have less safe prisons for the prisoners as well. Absolutely. 
And, and David Bohr, this whole issue of which uh, this is a partial shutdown. There are many uh, government agencies that are functioning. We all saw the the uh, uh, all of the press releases over NASA's uh, recent uh, 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 flights. Uh, to, uh, could you talk about how the decision is made, which agencies are to be uh, closed down and not funded and, and which uh, continue to function? Yeah, it's all about the appropriations process in Congress. And um, about half of the government, or more than half actually, uh, is already funded separately through congressional action that was approved uh, at some point earlier that's still in effect. So, for example, you mentioned NASA, uh, the Social Security Administration, the VA. Those are all running as usual on, on the basis of funding uh, that was approved separately at an earlier time. Uh, as it happened, the, the um, appropriations bill for uh, the Department of Homeland Security and some of these other departments, agriculture and several others, uh, was what was expiring here at the end of the year. And so those are the agencies now that are affected by this. And could you talk about this whole issue of co constantly doing continuing resolutions instead of actually getting a, an annual budget approved uh, so that uh, both the agencies and their employees can have some sense of security uh, uh, in terms of their, uh, of their revenue streams? I, I wish I had the solution for that. The, our politics are such uh, that, uh, you know, getting an, an actual uh, government-wide budget resolution passed and approved by the president uh, has been virtually impossible for a long time. And so we've fallen into this uh, sort of bad habit of uh, operating the government on continuing resolutions. And that sets us up for each time the continuing resolution is about to expire, it's an invitation for the politicians to play games with their pet projects and uh, jeopardize the incomes and livelihoods of our workers. Hmm. I wanted to ask you about the impact of the shutdown on the national park. The Washington Post reporting, quote, the government shutdown has left America's national parks largely unsupervised. No one's at the gate. No one's collecting fee. The visitor centers are closed. There's some law enforcement emergency personnel on site, but certainly nothing as standard as a park ranger who can answer a question. People are streaming into the parks, enjoying the free access, but they're finding trash cans overflowing, restrooms locked, vault toilets are not serviced. There's hardly a flush toilet to be found anywhere. If nature calls, well, the woods are over that way. They quote um, the Los Angeles Times reporting parts of Yosemite National Park as people are just using the ground as toilet have had to be closed for public safety reasons. Um, Heidi Barakowitz, if you could talk more about this and other workers around the country that people might not think about. And then, although you're suing on behalf of federal workers like the prison workers, you've got the corollary effects. This are the, the private sector that serve the federal workers that usually go to work. Yes. Um, well, the federal employees that I represent, the federal workers that I know, they take great pride in their job, um, and no one is happy, whether it's the furloughed employees who are sitting at home, um, who are not able to take care of the national parks, 
or it's the people who are going to work because they're essential um, and doing a dangerous job. This is an example of dysfunction at its best. And what we want is for the shutdown to end and these employees to be able to get back to work, taking care of the parks um, and the rest of our country and know when they're going to get their next paycheck. So what do you expect to come out of your lawsuit now? Has the government responded? And what do you understand is happening at this meeting today between President Trump and the Republican and Democratic legislative leaders? Not a damn thing. Um, as far as the lawsuit, the next step will be that the government will file a response of pleading. Um, so we yeah, don't expect duty, anything to happen fun. with the lawsuit in the next day or two, for example. Um, I can't underestimate, however, that the federal workforce has already been severely harmed by the shutdown and yeah, how long it's yeah. lasted thus far. Um, they don't know when yeah. it's going to end, and they don't know how to budget for their own finances because they don't know when they're going to get another paycheck. Um, the creators of the FLSA back in the Depression made the decision that the workforce should be able to depend on when they're going to get their paycheck so that they can schedule their own finances, take care of their own affairs. And this is a blatant violation of the law. As the judge said in our 2013 case, the government just didn't act in good faith when it didn't take steps to make sure that these workers are getting paid on time. And is there potential for damages uh, on, t on top of the, uh, the, the back pay if this law lawsuit goes uh, to an actual uh, trial? Absolutely. The, uh, the FLSA uh, provides for liquidated or double damages, um, and that's to compensate the employees for interest charges, late payment fees, um, and the uh, stress that they're going through now of not getting their pay on time. David Borough, your final all. comment as we go out today and as uh, Trump prepares for this meeting, blaming the Democrats, yeah. particularly Nancy Pelosi, has dropped Tr uh, Charles Schumer from the blame at the Trump moment um, and going into this meeting and now. We but we said he that. would take the blame for this. Of course, he's now putting the blame on others. Yeah. Well, he's well, attempting to, but we view this as the Trump shutdown. And I think it's obvious to everybody. The last spending bill was approved overwhelmingly in the Congress with bipartisan support. All right, thanks, everybody.
thanks for thanks for hanging hanging in there with me. Uh, it's always appreciated. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid did not mince words about President Donald Trump declaring him without question the worst president we've ever had. I've also said that the worst president we've ever had. Donald Trump is also the worst human being that I've ever known. He's the worst person. He's the worst person as a human. He's a piece of shit as a human. And uh, Harry Reid goes on to say, we've had some really bad ones, but there's not even a close second to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the worst, and he will go down in history as the worst fucking president ever. There is no doubt about that. This man will go down as the worst president ever in modern times, in the universe. He is the worst, and he seems as though he doesn't mind being called the worst fucking president of all time. He is the worst. I agree with Harry Reid. I'm glad that Harry Reid has the balls to come out and say this. A lot of politicians, uh, they don't have the balls or the wherewithal to come out and say that Trump is an asshole. He's the worst fucker there is. They say these things behind closed doors, but they will not come out in front of the camera and say Trump is the worst ever. A few people would come out and say he's the worst ever, but the people who need to stand up and say something, they will not. They will not. Harry Reid came out. He's retired. He came out of his uh, uh, retirement, his sick bed, to, to do an interview, to get on television, to tell the world that this man is the worst president we've ever had. We've, in, in actuality, we know that. We knew that, that he was the worst. But it's nice to hear somebody from Congress, a Democrat, Stand up to this fucking president because we know that the Republicans are not going to do it. They are not going to stand up to Donald Trump. They're going to keep kissing his ass like Mitch McConnell. This guy is a he. He is so far up Donald Trump's ass. It's 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 remarkable. The Democrats take over the the House of Representatives and they are going. They have plans to reopen the government, but. You know, the uh, Senate, Mitch McConnell said they're not going to do a fucking thing about it unless Donald Trump is on board. And Trump will not be on board. So we're going to be here with this government shutdown. People are not going to get their paychecks. People are people are having a hard time right now. I mean, especially if I said this the other day, if they're living from one paycheck to the next, they're in trouble. They're in fucking trouble. So there is a lawsuit, as you heard. There is a lawsuit uh, uh, in federal courts demanding that these people get their pay, reopen the government so these people can get their pay. Uh, federal workers are all over the place. They take care of our gardens. They, they, uh, they're in the maintenance department. They're all over the place. They're secret service. They're military. I mean, federal workers are everywhere. This, but you know what? This is Donald Trump's mantra. Bankrupt, shut them down, don't pay them. This is what he's been doing in his businesses, all of his fraudulent businesses, his university, uh, his foundation, everything he's done, he's bankrupt. 
and he did not, and the workers had to uh, sue sue him to get his to get their pay. It's what they're doing now. Donald Trump is the worst fucking president ever. But I mean, you call Donald Trump the worst president ever, he'll sit back and laugh at you and call you a name. As I've said uh, a million times, Donald Trump cannot last. Uh, it seems like uh, all this shit on him and above him, he cannot last. He cannot last. And, I, I, and I've told the Democrats, I say, hey, wow, impeach him and open – that looks like what's, what's going to have to happen to impeach him and reopen the government. The Republicans might not do it then. You know, they might not reopen the government then. And I've said this several times. The, the party of the Republicans, they, it's over. They will never control shit again, ever again. We have to vote out all Republic, Republicans, get their asses out of office. And we've got to start in 2020. we got to get them all out. Uh, government workers are not just Democrats. They're Democrats, Republicans, and independents. And some of them have no affiliation at all. So that's bullshit Donald Trump saying that uh, federal workers are Democrats. He's just pulling something out of his ass like he always does, always do. Yeah, I am furious. I am furious because I'm pretty sure that most Americans know someone or have a relative who is working for the federal government. And at one point in time, you thought working for the government, that was one of the best jobs you can have is working for the, especially the federal government. But those of us who are not working for the federal government at all, we should be blessed because we're getting our paychecks. We're working for the, we're working for the private sector or we're working for city government. But this is ridiculous. These people are not getting paid, and it's great to hear that they're suing. They are suing for their money, and they're going to be suing for back pay, and they're going to be suing for late fees. That's beautiful to hear. And if Donald Trump doesn't reopen the government when a federal judge orders him to, he should be handcuffed and taken to fucking prison. Or better yet, taken out somewhere to a nearest tree to hang himself. Donald Trump is the enemy of the American people. That is no doubt about it. I'm, I'm betting that this is not about the wall. This is about Donald Trump destroying America before his ass is uh, hauled off to prison. This is Donald Trump doing something fucked up so he, uh, 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 to, so he can uh, – before he goes to prison, like withdrawing the troops from Afghanistan and Syria, putting America in harm's way. This is what he wants. This is what he wants. This is what he's – he's doing Putin's bidding, bidding, and we all know that. He's Putin puppy, puppet. And he's watching Fox News and taking, it, taking his orders from Ann Coulter and Fox News. He is the worst. He is the worst president ever. And there is no doubt about it. There is, I mean, a majority of Americans, if not all Americans, know that. Even some of the Trump supporters, even some of his supporters, they have turned on his ass. 
because they know that he doesn't give a fuck about them. They know that they've been had by this jackass. He's not going to do anything for them because Donald Trump and the Republicans, they cannot lead. The only thing that they're good for is lining their pockets with our money, with American money, lining their pockets. This is supposed to be the last go around for Paul Ryan, but he's not going away broke. He's going away with our fucking money in his pocket. And he's going to keep getting our tax money as long as he, you know, is alive and retired. That's not fair. They are going away with our tax money. They know they fucked up the government. They know they can't lead. They know they can't govern. This should be the last go around for the Republican Party. Once we get out of this shit, once we impeach Trump, see his ass off the prison or in front of a firing squad, we will be happy. And I don't understand it, how how some of these people, uh, 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 the Capitol Police, the uh, Secret Service, a lot of these federal workers around the, around the White House, even the White House staff, they're federal workers. They're not getting paid. The ones who cook, well, supposedly cook his dinner, his food and stuff, the ones who clean up around the White House, janitors and, and maintenance people, you know, these are federal workers within the White House, within the government. They're not getting paid. And this big fat fuck sitting on his ass laughing because you're not getting paid, blaming the Democrats for the shutdown. He's blaming the Democrats. Remember when he was on television in that meeting with the Democrats saying that he would take the blame? It's him. He'll shut it down. Now he's blaming other people. This man is so damn crazy and lunatic and just fucked up. It's a shame. I mean, I, I yeah. Excuse my language, folks, but there's a lot of people out here who were once mild-mannered, and you watch their language when they talk, uh, but now they just come out and just say, this man is an asshole. He's a piece of shit. And Donald Trump has heard it. Uh, his family has heard it. One of the things – yeah, when you talk about his family, his family – I feel sorry for them. I actually feel sorry for his family, even though some people call, call it a crime family. But I'm talking about when I say I feel sorry for I feel sorry for the young kid, Baron. I feel sorry for some of his other daughters who are not in the spotlight. And I know that they are 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 probably sheltered somewhere, uh, shut in somewhere because they cannot come out in public. You know, they I mean, their father and uncle is is hated so much. That they might, they just may be in fear for their lives if they show up out in public. And Donald Trump is making it worse for them. How would you like if your father or your uncle was the most hated person in the world? I mean, really vehemently hated, like Donald Trump is. And Donald Trump is doubling down on having people hate him. Something is totally wrong with this man. He's not normal, as um, Maxine Waters espoused. He is not normal. He is not a normal person. He's not a normal president. He is not a normal human being. 
Something is wrong. A lot of doctors have diagnosed this guy just by looking at him, looking at his face, his mannerism, his behavior, his bullshit. They know that Donald Trump, there is something wrong with Donald Trump. Physically, mentally, medically, mentally, you name it, there's something wrong with him. And that's no joke. That's no bullshit. It is something wrong with him. He's unfit, unhinged. He's un-everything to be president of the United States. He's always has been. The man cannot last. So many people are wishing for his death. It's a fucking shame. I mean, you can, you can, um, there are people out here right now uh, threatening his life. And the majority of the people that are threatening his life are the people who are, are uh, federal workers. One of the things you don't do with the with Americans, you don't fuck with their money. You don't fuck with their livelihood. You don't screw around with any of that. Donald Trump is in big trouble. Whether he's in the White House or whether he resigns or quits or gets impeached, he is in a lot of trouble for fucking over these workers, for fucking over America. That's his uh that was his uh Duty from the start is to screw America, destroy America, and his orders coming from Russia, fucking Russia. And he's doing their bidding. He's licking Vladimir Putin's boots or ass. Excuse my French, folks. I'm just upset that this guy is fucking over America and American workers. People who have to take care of their families, feed their children, their infants, babies. And I'm hearing if this shutdown goes any longer, it's going to mess with SNAP benefits. People who are getting food stamps, they will not be able to feed themselves or feed their children. But Trump and the Republicans, they do not care. They do not care one bit. And you say, George, why do you care? This is America. We're not a third fucking world uh, country. But Donald Trump is taking us that way. He wants this to be that way. He is not a fucking dictator. He will never be a dictator in America. He wants to be a dictator. Let him go over to the Middle East and find one of the most most screwed up uh, cities and towns, and then he can become a dictator if that's what he wants. But he will never be a dictator in America. It ain't going to happen. It's over. And I do think that the Republicans are done. I think they are done as a party. It's over. I think in five or ten years, the Republicans will be completely out of Congress. They will be completely out of power. And we know once the Republicans uh, get themselves out of power, a lot of them are going to emerge again and start lying, cheating, conning, and try to BS their way back into government. But we're going to be smarter than that. We have to be smarter than that. And... As the Democrats take over, I'm hoping and praying that these motherfuckers, excuse my language, that these people do not cave in to the Republicans, do not cave in to Donald Trump. We did not give them the blue wave for them to be cowards. We didn't do that. Nancy Pelosi will be speaker. I was against it. A lot of us was against it. But it seemed as though it's nothing that we can do about it. 
because she lost the speakership. They lost the speakership. And they lost it through their own doing, no one else. And when they lost it, she was the Speaker of the House. So you don't want uh, uh, things to be repeated like it was 10 years ago, 9 and 10 years ago, when they had everything. They controlled the House, the White House. They controlled the Senate. They had everything. But they, but they let the power go to their heads, and people got fed up, and they voted their asses out and voted in these rotten-ass Republicans. People have to realize Republicans are not – if you're working, if you're a middle class, you have a job, you have a family, you're paying your bills, Republicans are not for you. You're getting Social Security, Medicare, health care, Medicaid. Republicans are not for you. You're not rich. They can't stand you. They hate you. And it's just mind-boggling when I see seniors – People in their 70s and 80s and 90s saying that they are Trump supporters, and they don't even know what the fuck is going on. They don't even know what he, the latest thing he said. They don't even know crap about c- the current affairs, the current environment. I ran into a senior the other day. She said she was 86 years old, and she was a Trump supporter, and she looked at, and she looked like she was homeless. She looked like she was homeless. I was, I, I'm not sure if she was homeless or not, but that's the appearance she gave me that she was homeless, but she was a Trump supporter. And she looked, and if you know Trump supporters, if you've seen them, she would look just like one of them. Crazy, lunatic, looking all wild and out there. She was a Trump supporter, pushing a, a cart or something. Uh, a Trump supporter. And I, you know, I, I just say, hey, wow, I got to go. I, I don't want to hear it. She was bitching and yelling. And that's one of the things you can tell about a Trump supporter. Uh, that's one of the other traits of a, a Trump supporter is that they, they, uh, they talk loud. They argue. They don't make no sense. You can hear them saying Trump, Trump, Trump. That's all you hear while they're arguing and bitching and trying to make a point. So I just move away from them. I just move away from them because – there is no doubt about it. If you support this this traitor, then you are deplorable. Just like Hillary Clinton said, and she had it on the mark. She was spot on. They are deplorables. There is no doubt about that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show, and he is not fit. Every time I think about every time I think about these people not getting paid, that could have been me not getting paid. That could have been you not getting that's not getting paid. We have a car note, we have a house note, we have to we have to pay rent. We got light bill, gas bill, we got all of this shit to pay. We we want to go out and have fun. I just I just feel for those people who thinking that who thinking that they may be evicted because they can't pay their bills because of Donald Trump, who is sitting back on his fat ass laughing. Thinking this is funny, thinking this is the way things should go, but this is what this failure is, and I'm going to say failure. I think Donald Trump is a big, fat failure in his life, in his businesses, and as president of the United States. He's a big fucking failure, and the Republicans in Congress who are kissing his ass, they are failures also. 
because if the Democrats come up with some money to reopen this government and the, and the uh, Republicans are not on board and Donald Trump is not on board, they're done. They are fucking done. It's over. And Donald Trump is talking about running again in 2020, which is next year. He's living in a fantasy world. Nobody going to vote for his ass. And I don't understand why the Republicans will not run someone with him. Donald Trump is an anchor behind uh, – let me put it this way. Donald Trump is an anchor around their necks. Donald Trump goes down. They go down. And a lot of them are shaking in their boots already because they feel that their careers are over. And it is. Just a matter of time, because when Mueller comes down with these fucking indictments and subpoenas and arrests, because Donald Trump has already been implicated in two federal crimes, two of them, two of them, and Mueller is not resting. Michael Cohen, his former lawyer, he's not resting. All of this shit and the Trump Foundation. Is shut down. The Trump University is no more. All of these fraudulent, conning uh, institutions ran by Donald Trump. I'm looking for some subpoenas or some indictments or something to come in the in the following days. Get this motherfucker out of. Excuse me. Get Donald Trump out of our White House. Yeah, I'm pissed off, folks. I, I can't help it. We have a traitor in the White House. We have, we have a terrorist in the White House. We have the enemy in the White House who is working with and for Russia. We know that. The world knows it. Donald Trump knows it. Mueller knows it. Donald Trump obstructs justice every time he opens his mouth. He obstructs justice every time he... Gets up in the morning and starts tweeting like an idiot. He makes policy tweeting. He tweets out to the world what America is doing, what we're thinking. He is dangerous. And he doesn't listen. Like Harry Reid said, says, Trump doesn't listen to reason. You can't reason with him. You can't make any uh, sense with him. You can't do shit with him. And Reid also questioned why former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, his Senate colleague and former White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly, did not leave Trump's administration sooner. They know they they know that the man didn't didn't uh uh that he was crazy, lunatic, insane, whacked the fuck out. All right, y'all been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show. We're just about off the air, folks, and um uh, we'll be right back. I want to do this. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder uh, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. 
And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. Yeah, there's keep always listening, more to come. All right, thank you, okay. everybody. All right, keep listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, folks. It is very, very interesting. And I hope I help to uh, leave comments. You know, always leave a comment to tell me what you think about the show, this particular show. Tell me what you think about a certain topic, even though sometimes we talk about Donald Trump. Nancy Pelosi says Democrats will give nothing for the wall. That is great. That is great. That is, that is exactly right. It would be incredibly stupid to provide a single dollar for a useless wall demanded by our m- moron-in-chief, asshole-in-chief. Uh, it's his shutdown. This is Donald Trump's shutdown. He tries to blame the Democrats. He will get nothing. Let this shutdown go on into 2020 when he runs for re-election, if he makes it that fucking far. He may end up in prison before he makes it that far. And I've said, it, I've said this before. Donald Trump will not resign. He knows if he resigns, he will go to fucking jail. The presidency is saving his ass. Being president is saving his ass because the Department of Justice, they have something on their books saying that a president, a sitting president cannot be indicted. So once he leaves office, if he makes it that far in order to leave office, he will be indicted. He will go to jail. He will be a free man. And he, he'll be a – not a free man, but a private citizen, and he will go to fucking jail, uh, hopefully to prison. He needs the electric chair. That's what he needs. Burn his ass because he's trying to burn America. So I agree with it. I don't think give, – don't give him shit for the wall. If he wants this shutdown to prolong itself, let it because as, as long as this shutdown, uh, the, the government, America, is shut down, the worst is going to look for him and the Republicans, not the Democrats, not the independents, not, uh, the, not the Americans. It will be – this is a Donald Trump fucking shutdown. No matter how much he tries to blame Democrats, it is not going to work. And I'm looking at Nancy Pelosi right here, and she's saying House Minority, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, she's a minority, minority leader, but she will be uh, the majority leader tomorrow, is willing to give nothing for the wall. Not a, no, it has to be hard. It has to be hardball that it is Trump and his supporters. No. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give him crap. Don't give him one cent. He's a fool. He's an idiot. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really, uh, uh, I'm really about it tonight, folks. I'm just pissed off that, that this, it's in his, the shutdown at the, at the, uh, behest of this show is probably 14 days old. And Trump is willing to let it go longer. The Republicans are willing to let it go longer. The longer it goes, they will be ruined as a party. America has to take we we had a we have to take our country back from these criminal Republicans, the Republicans who are in the pockets of Russia and the Republicans who are Nazis, who are Nazis on our land. And they are Rand Paul, Donald Trump. We know he's a traitor. We saw that shit. 
we know he's a traitor. He's a big time traitor. And he's get, he thinks he's getting away with it. He will not. He will not. I'm just waiting for Mueller to come up with something so we can get this fucking piece of garbage out of our White House. Thanks, everybody. Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.